Remember in Caddyshack 2? When Jack Cartoonian's trying to do the na 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 and he's go and he's going na 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 Yeah. Na 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 na. We just lost uh Jackie Mason recent fairly recently, didn't we? Within the last couple months. Was it that recent? Yeah, I guess maybe. And then of course Norm McDonald recently we mentioned that on episode fifty nine. Welcome to episode sixty. The special. It's a special. And as we do every ten. We're going to Q&A all up in this. But first, we have, a, we have breaking news, and that is that the, uh, the Nubs variant has found its way to uh, southeastern Michigan, apparently. Huh? A little COVID for you, buddy? Huh? COVID-21. Will COVID up in you? How'd that feel? Yeah, that's why my voice sounds so glorious right now. I've been uh, in quarantine battling COVID-21. Well, you, you have confirmed the, yeah, COVID-24, 20, I think, right now. Yeah. Yeah. COVID-60 yes, for episode 60. Yeah. yeah. Just further proof that even two twins in an album is not immune. No. <laughs> no, you, you know, you all think that we're some kind of invincible celebrities, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're just normal folk like the rest of you. You know, it can happen to anyone, you know, <laughs> so give us, give us a little, you know, what, what's it been like? Did you get super sick? Did you, you know, what's, what's it been like? I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's like the, the twin. Th- I'm, I'm a little jealous, you know, I kind of want to in my curiosity, but did, did you get pretty sick or, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the nubs variant COVID report from you? Yeah. So the, uh, well, I believe my exposure was, it was a, this would be an interesting story because my oldest daughter l- last year started playing hockey and, uh, and it's been a blast being part of that whole thing. So she was like, Hey dad, you know, you should join a team and get into it. So I was like, okay, great. Sounds good. So during the pandemic, uh, you know, I was looking into it and then finally found an opportunity to play and, and got it. So, you know, a couple of weeks back, was uh, my first game and played and had fun. It felt like I was literally going to die on the ice. I was so mm-hmm. tired. And like a few days later, got word that some dudes on the team had tested positive. I'm just like, oh, crap. Oh, great. But like felt okay. But then it started kind of, you know, started getting like allergy symptoms. And I thought, well, it's probably just allergies because the season's changing here in Michigan. And yeah. And then like started to think maybe my scent of smell was going. And then a few days ago, just like was cooking dinner and like, you were making your famous stir fry. Was it making my famous stir fry is a very, which has a lot of heat, a lot of heat to it. Right. So yeah, it's very potent. Yes. Yeah. There's unmistakable strong heat to the uh, spicy Szechuan stir fry that you make. And so you just, you could, you basically could, couldn't smell it. And that was it. You knew you yeah. were, yeah, I was like, I like I'm sticking my nose right up to this, and I can't smell it. <laughs> that has to be so weird. Is it? It weird? was very weird. That's that's very weird. But it's like confirmation. It's like, okay, well, I I got it. So then the next morning, went and got the test. The test wasn't as bad as everyone says. It was actually my first COVID test. Wasn't really. See, I've yeah. had like 
I've had like seven of them in. Yeah. Uh, so they jammed the thing up your nose. Yeah, but it wasn't that bad. She was yeah. exceptionally gentle. And uh <laughs> and then yeah, of yeah. course just the guy with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. Surprisingly gentle, yeah. And they got the positive test. And then from there, it's it's you know, it's it's a lot of fatigue. You're very tired. I've lost any semblance of physical condition that I had. And all the pel- all the work on the Peloton now is like needs to be redone. <laughs> and uh nothing major in terms of symptoms, just tired and you feel like you kind of have the flu. And that's all being vaccinated too. So you know, I'm not sure the nubs variant is, you know, attacks you in a different way, I think. So yeah. well, we were bouncing around, you know, different alternatives as far as content and names for the podcast last week. Maybe, you know, now we're just two twins and a virus. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, two twins and a virus. Exactly. So that's kind of that. It's I'm excited for it all to be over, but I, I have to be in quarantine for another week. Ugh. So that's part of it is just kind of like stuck at home, you know. Are you playing some drums, some electronic drums or anything? Like, nope, you, haven't played at all. Are you painting? I'm trying to think all the crap you've taken up in the last. Yeah, few years. done a little bit of painting, but why haven't you showed me any paintings lately? In fact, I don't know if you showed me any at all. If you guys remember, this is going back many episodes ago. You know, Nubs basically told all of you, our podcast audience, that he had taken up painting. You know, before he even told me. You know, Lord knows we we talk all the time and there would have been plenty of opportunity. Instead, we are probably talking about something really important like uh, jogging. Yeah, <laughs> like our our favorite scene in Animal House or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I think we talked about it then. We haven't really talked about it since. I still have yet to, I think, see any of your uh, your work. So, well, it's not a, it's, it's not like a pride point. You see, it's not, it's well, not clearly like, not. Hey, no. check these out. I mean, they're, no. they're terrible. So what are you, what are you doing with them? Are you just, you just, Oh, I just really enjoy it. It's very it therapeutic. Yeah. But what do you do with the actual product when it's done? You just like put it away. They're in know? my basement. Yeah. They're just, they're just, in, are like, they on the wall? No, no, they're not worthy of that. So you just put them in like a, you know, a closet or something. Like yeah. This. Or I just keep working on them. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have like an end goal. Like, Oh, I'm trying to draw like a bird or a house and then I'm finished. It's like, it's just a lot of different kind of, uh, you know, like experiments with color and seeing what blends. And it's, it's really a therapeutic exercise more than well, I want now. I, I want you to draw a bird and a house <laughs> yeah, right. and, and show them to us. You know, it would be the worst bird in house you've ever seen, man. Mm, I don't know. You always see her bad at things and then you end up being like fairly good at them, you know? Well, uh, here's the thing with painting is I, I don't, a lot of fo- you need a lot of faux humility. Like you're like, oh, I suck at it. And then, I, and then you look at it, it's like, no, nah, you're pretty good actually, man. You think yeah. so? Well, yeah. I haven't taken any, like I've watched like a couple YouTube videos on how to blend oil paints. Like that's all it, it it's, I haven't taken any, like put any thought into getting good at it. I just literally like having a canvas and some brushes and some paint and just kind of brushing along and seeing what happens. You know? Hey, listen, as long as you're expressing yourself. Okay. That's, That's right, all. man. That's, That's right. All That's all. All about the art, bro. You know what I mean? I'm excited to express ourselves here in the Q and a, I've well, had yeah. some good questions come in. Well, should we get right into it? I mean, how do you want to, I've got a few, you've probably got a few, so. You want to just, you want to just go? I mean, we can, we can just go. 
Yeah. Why don't you kind of run the show today? Because my uh, stamina is still a little uh, <laughs> lacking. So yeah, let's just take it away, man. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kick it off here. I've you know, got quite a few. You've sent me a couple, so obviously feel free to feel free to chip in. But you know, let's kick it off with um, uh, other than Kate Bush and Stevie Nicks, who we've both mentioned before. I think as our uh, I suppose sort of MILF level rock stars that we'd uh, like to run away with someday. Uh, who does Mrs. Nubs and Mrs. T need to be worried about if they knocked on the front door and said, take me now. So, so, so what, what female rock and rollers besides Kate Bush and Stevie Nicks, you know, have we had our, have we had our eye on over time? Yeah, well, and Stevie Nicks, let's make clear is yours. I've never really understood that one. Uh, well, have I know you heard, have you heard her voice? I mean, <laughs> I mean I you have. Never do you have ears? Did you lose your sense of hearing too? Yeah, it's probably next. Yeah. Well, you listen to her sing for about 10 seconds and you're telling me you're not, uh, you know, uh, sweating, you know, you're not flush faced. I mean, come on. I spent a lot of the 90s and early 2000s making the case for Christine McVie over Stevie Nicks. I would kind of rather run away with her. That Stevie. is a take of yours. Not a bad take at all. I mean, listen, I, I would take uh, McVie as a backup. Really, John McVie, I'd take over any of them, Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> take, John, take me away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyone else? Anyone else? get the, the McVie thing, you've always been a little bit team, team McVie. Disagree with, but understand. So, yeah, for me, one of the ones that has been there a long time is Tori Amos. Really? Yeah. See, she she just just does such a thing for her. She just does very little for me. No, I, 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 you know, I like her, uh, you know, her art. Yeah, I like her, her sound. But as far as like, you know, sort of um, my heart going pitter patter when I see her, then I, I wouldn't say that that happens with me. She just like oozes a kind of sensuality and musically she's so uh you know she's so talented and amazing i think part of it too is when i was you know we've made reference to when i was uh reviewing music and doing features and i interviewed her uh when she was on the it's like the beekeeper album or some some something about beekeeper maybe that was that a record or or a song or whatever but anyway and uh it was a <laughs> It was a strange and captivating conversation. I mean, she yeah. is truly that kind of out there. Yeah. You know, I remember a few minutes and I'm thinking, oh, this is just some sort of character. And then I was like, no, she's actually, she's actually this in her own universe. And, and that, that might've added to the alert. I think it did. Cause Kate Bush is a little out there too. I mean, I think that may be kind of part of your thing, you know, a little a gal who's a little, you know, sort of artistic and zany and out there. Yeah. You know? And that way you guys can paint together, right? You can you could do painting. You probably show her your paintings, even though you won't show me them, right? I'd rather show her than you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she'd probably see something in them. Yes. I can't blame you for that. I, can I just go with the entire trio of the ladies from Heim? I mean, can I just go with all, <laughs> all three? Even the there? bass player who makes the funny faces. Yeah, even the bass player that makes funny faces. You know, I think, uh, yeah, I just like to spend a weekend with all three, if that's okay. Um, was Alanis Morissette ever on your list? Oh yeah, I was a big fan of hers, big time, big time, big time Alanis uh, supporter. Yeah, 
You know what? You and I never really. She she's still oh, yeah. hot too. It's not oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I liked Army Boots Alanis. I liked Refined Alanis. I liked. I really liked Award Show Alanis. I mean, you know, she she can. I think she can pull every different genre off of presentation I'm a, I'm of hotness. Of that's a very every good genre call. of hotness. Yeah, that's a very good call, actually. Big fan of hers. You know who was never really on our list, and I'm kind of proud of this, was we never really got into the, because it would have been right in our wheelhouse, like the girl uh, pop stars, the Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Mm, Britney uh, Spears. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I may have I may have gotten pretty into Britney Spears. Really? Oh, God. Are the you snake? Kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, but but uh, but you're right about you know Aguilera. Well, oh, you know I also really like Jessica Simpson too. I must say. Oh, that, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. although I like Nick Lachey too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Good Ohio well, boy. Yeah. Watching that show that of her of him and uh, Jess. I mean, you know, part of the fun was obviously looking at Jessica Simpson, but also Nick Lachey. Pretty cool dude. Absolutely. Um, what do you think of Patty Smith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Patty Pat Smythe? What yes. about Pat Bennett? The Patty Smythe. Yeah. What about Pat Benatar? She, no, she no, not, no. The I think that short hair thing or whatever. Yeah. Oh, how about Debbie Harry for you? Yeah, there was there was a phase. There was definitely a phase. Hmm. Yeah. I I I do think some chicks with guitars too are really. I mean. Liz Fair at her time was pretty hot. Yeah. Uh, oh, what about, uh, good Lord, we're forgetting, um, what's her name from the Bengals? Oh, yeah. Of course. Susanna, Susanna, Susanna Hoff. Hoff. Oh, oh, good Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like all of the Go-Go's, even like the nerdy ones. The Go-Go's, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Melinda Carlisle. Of course, I've told the, yeah. Of course, I've told this the famous story of hugging Gwen Stefani. Yeah. And I would say during the no doubt era when she, you know, she was like all athletic and fun and uh, bouncing around to ska music. She was pretty cute back then. Yeah. In that era. Once she went all Hollywood, like most of them, it get, it got pretty lame. But yeah. Right. I'm telling you, Stevie Nicks, man, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think She's a lot still... of it is that I, I'm just not a huge fan of her as a singer. That's I don't like her solo stuff at all. And that's Fleetwood ridiculous. Mac. I, I thought she was important, but not like the most important, you know, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Hey, let's go to another question. That, that was a good one. <laughs> you know, this is a good one. Nubs and T. What do we think of Maroon 5? <laughs> oh, that's a, that is a good question. Well, to me, there's sort of two Maroon 5s for those of us that actually sort of knew them before they went started going real poppy and that was that they were kind of a rock band, you know? Yeah. I've told this story before. I think where I saw them at Irving Plaza and there were like 200 people there. It was, you know, right before uh harder to breathe hit. Uh, and of course, you know, right before uh, this love, I mean, I, I think that um, Adam Levine seems like a pretty good guy. I, the thing that I do like about them is that, Although I'm not sure how much of a quote unquote band they are anymore. It would have been really easy for Adam Levine to just go off on his own. I mean, it would have been simple because anymore they're basically writing their songs for them and collaborating with producers and 
you know, whatever. And, and so it would have been terribly easy for him to do that. And while I'm sure the uh, structure of the, uh, <laughs> of the, the, the sort of business element and, and, uh, creative elements are probably not, uh, I wouldn't say, um, all completely balanced and even I do respect the fact that he's wanted to maintain it as a band, you know, and he's had and Jesse's been there since the beginning and all that. So I do respect that. I obviously hate the direction they've gone in many ways because I actually thought their first two in particular records were quite good. I thought they were a pretty good band, but uh, so I don't know. Now they're kind of a different deal altogether, but I remember you calling me the night of that show and I, your exact description of them, which I thought was really cool was they're like a boy band melodically, but they play instruments. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a good description of, yeah. of kind of just their sound, whether that's even if that's the earlier days where things were a little more raw and a little less overtly commercial. I mean, when they went into that moves like Jagger, I was like out and still, yeah. I mean, yeah. give me a break. That, that's got to be the worst song ever made. It's really bad. But you know, you pick apart their first couple of records and you know, there's some, there's some good stuff there, but yeah, moves like Jagger and everything since has been kind of, well, I mean, there's a couple too. like, I think Payphone's a pretty good song, like, you know, all, all in all, but, uh, some of the other stuff that's come out is just, just sucks. We got a lot of chicks questions for some reason this week. So, uh, what non-musical celebrity chicks did you guys have crushes on growing up in the eighties? Well, I had like a Cindy Crawford poster on my wall. So suppose she's in there. Did you have any like model? Like that was sort of the age of the, of the supermodel, right? Like that was, you know, we kind of grew up during that time really fancying Cindy Crawford with the uh, mole on her cheek and all. I that. remember that poster too. Cause she's, yeah, I, if I remember too. right. She's, <laughs> she's like wearing jean shorts and no top, but she's got her arms kind of around her, right? Like blocking any rated R view, keeping things really PG 13, blocking, blocking the boobies. Yeah, that's correct. That's exactly yeah, what it was. Yeah. That's right. And that, yep. that's, I'll tell you a chick that I got way into, this isn't really eighties, but it, it is growing up was, um, I remember when Elizabeth Hurley was in the first Austin Powers movie. Oh, okay. I just thought she was the most beautiful, hot, gorgeous, you know, woman I'd ever seen in my life. I, yeah. At the time it could have been true. I remember getting really in, you know, kind of into her during that time for sure. Uh, Sloan Peterson in Ferris Bueller. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah. Huge fan. Whatever happened to Slo- her, Sloan Peterson? I don't know. I don't know, man. Kelly Bundy, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, think in eighties too. I think you got to go to the shoe. You know, oh, you think yeah. about Adventures in Babysitting and the Karate yeah. Kid and stuff. That's a I great mean, call. You got to go to the shoe. Cocktail. She, I mean, Cocktail is such a ridiculous movie, but, but she's great <laughs> in that movie. I think it's a, I think it's a really deep, well done piece <laughs> of cinema. You don't think a, so? Mia Sarah is the name of, uh, the, uh, of Sloan Peterson, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, Cocktail, like who like read that script and was like, yeah, let's shoot this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. good Lord. Yeah. Talk about a like Tom Cruise like heat check. I mean, yeah. that's just that just proved that you could have him do anything. Although that did have Gina Gershon in it, who's another yeah. favorite. How about MTV era Jenny McCarthy? 
with uh, what was it? Blind what was Blind Date? What was that show called? Yeah, Blind Date. Yeah. Remember how cute she was on that show? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And funny yeah. too. You know, I got my picture with her and uh and uh Don Donnie Wahlberg recently. It was like last year or something at a oh, yeah. uh, nice. Brooklyn Nets game. I was there for work and we went a few of us went to a Brooklyn Nets game, got really good seats, and they were right down the row. Let me ask you this, T. Were you a Kelly Kapowski dude or a Jesse Spano dude or at least a turtle <laughs> dude? Um, Cause I remember I mean, you getting into a little film called showgirls. Yeah. Well, I was, yeah. more, I think I was more into Gershon on that, on that particular film. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, it's all right. I got towels, but um, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess out of those, I, I don't know, can I go with screech? Yeah, you can go with Dustin Diamond, Samuel Screech Powers. Yeah, I um, I never really got into any of those three. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, I I guess Spano would have to. I mean, Turtle's great. You know, Turtle's great. You if know, you look back, Turtle was the hottest. You know, it's like, funny. Turtle back. Turtle is hot, but you know, Lark Voorhees who played Turtle apparently like she ended up like going kind of nutso. Oh, really? Like ended up being actually kind of like really difficult to work with and sort of insane, which is kind of funny. Lark Voorhees, you know, but she did do, uh, the sprain, right? Remember the sprain, the episode where she, uh, twists her ankle and can't participate in the, uh, dance competition. So she hops on one foot and calls it the sprain and wins the competition. <laughs> You're saved by the bell of knowledge is fabulous. <laughs> is that just me that knows that one? <laughs> well, I would say it's just you, but that's impressive that you do. I mean, Come on, Kelly. It's just some pot. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great one. Too. I'm so, so, so. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Scared. Yeah. Classics. Those are classics. So, all right. And then uh, we, we got another one chick related. Uh, is there a song or a band you ever pretended to like for a girl? So in other words, you know, I guess this would also mean, did we ever like get dragged to a concert and had to pretend to like it or. I mean, I can think of, uh, this is back, back a while ago, but one of my first, uh, girlfriends in high school was very into, um, like all the angry girl music, you know, like Fiona Apple and, uh, there's like some chick named Poe or something. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to like sort of pretend to like, I don't know how good I was at pretending, but I think I at least tried most of that stuff kind of sucked. It was pretty formulaic back then. It was kind of like, you know, chicks just kind of wailing away. It was, it was post jagged little pill. And I think a lot of them were trying to run kind of a similar play, but be even more edgy. I was probably too much of a, uh, a music snob to ever get into that deal where you really kind of sacrifice your own musical ethics to uh, please yeah, somebody. Your gals kind of knew that if they ever presented something in front of you that you thought was bad, that they were screwed. Right. There were, there was definitely some of that. I think it's like politics. Like they just were like, we just don't talk about music. Like (laughs) it's better if we just don't talk about it. You know, my main girlfriend in high school who was, you know, she was really, really cool way ahead of her time in terms of music and a lot of tastes like her top three favorite bands were like you two smashing pumpkins and uh, Radiohead. And in fact, like one of our first times ever sort of actually hanging out was at the Radiohead show on the OK Computer Tour in Detroit. So that was, that was 
that kind of showed me early on that these things sort of matter. You know, it's like if you're on the same page with taste, that that goes a long way. But I mean, that that doesn't suck when you you two, Smash Your Pumpkins and Radiohead are three pretty solid groups that you can connect with. Because as Rob Gordon in High Fidelity says, books, films, music, these things matter. <laughs> and they do matter. Like if you don't like some of the same stuff, I think the whole thing becomes kind of what the question is asking, which is a big like, oh, you know, I'll I'll go to this show with my eyes rolling and and then I'll drag you to something you don't like to go to. And mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I, I think I got pretty lucky early on in that way. Yeah. What are some of you guys' favorite super wimpy slash adult contemporary love songs that you legit like? I mean, there's a lot of these. I, I, uh, so, so obviously, you know, the, the, the Barry Manilow episode was, um, was pretty indicative that we have never really shied away from this sort of thing. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the song by Adele, uh, I, I set fire to the rain. I mean, I really freaking like that song. You know, we talked about Amy Grant. I have a uh, Amy Grant. <laughs> yeah couple of Amy Grant tunes, particularly good for me and uh, every heartbeat and love will find a way, you know, those are really good. Um, There's a few that come to mind uh, would be if ever you're in my arms again by Pia or Bryson. Oh yeah. Love that song. Great song. What about on the wings of love? Jeffrey on the Osborne. Wings, definitely on the wings of love. Jeffrey Osborne. I, I would, talked about the, uh, the postman song because I love you by Stevie B which is yeah you love the post like one of my like favorite songs of all time actually (laughs) (laughs) another one for me for sure is uh it's well it's a live version of joe cocker live but the live version of up where we belong Mm. he did this like huge like you know loud kind of more rocking if you will version of it on that joe cocker live album i love that song it's great yeah the the studio version is a little wimpy but the live version is really cool there's a song called, uh, by Sheena Easton called it. You could have been with me. Do you know this one nubs? Yeah. 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 That one, that one really gets me all broken up. Yeah. You know this one? Yeah, I know it. Cause I've heard you play it. Yeah. Oh, you only know this from me. Oh hmm. man. Gets you, gets you feeling it, doesn't it? <laughs> Sheena Easton was not that good a singer, by the way. No, no. Very few of them were, I think, around that time. Definitely some Chicago and Peter Cetera stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. like Glory oh, of yeah. Love and You're the Inspiration. Hard, habit, songs of all. hard habit to Break and, and Will You Still Love Me. I was just like, going to say, well, yeah. one of my favorite songs of all time, Will You Still Love Me. Yeah. That song's amazing. Like a perfectly written song. It's so sad that it was written by that dick, David Foster. Mm. who's there, such a good songwriter that people there, actually put up with him. There were a lot of songs written by that dick, you know? Yeah, for sure. What about Melissa Manchester doing a little, don't cry out loud. Just <laughs> keep it inside. Learn how to hide your feelings. Fly high above. I mean, how about that one? No. Yeah. I, I, I never really liked that one. Mm. Your loss. <laughs> Meet me halfway by Kenny Loggins is a beautiful song. I love. Yeah, that song. yeah, that was really good. Angel of the morning. Anybody? 
Oh, the morning angel. Yeah. Juice Newton. How about Carly Simon uh, coming around? Yeah. Coming around against great. That's really good. See, I'll go with you on that one. You wouldn't go with me on Manchester. My stupid one, but I like Melissa Manchester's upbeat. You should hear what she talks (laughs) about you. You should hear what you say. Yeah. Hear what they say. You should hear how to talk about you. Yeah, that's a great. Is it she or he? You should hear how he talks about you. You should hear how she talks. She. I don't know. You You should hear what they say. That like full full rock, you know, from Melissa Manchester. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was almost like the, uh, you know, when like the, uh, you know, at, at some of the events when the uh, they they really pick up the pace and the old folks start to come out and do and do get a little boogie going. Yeah, yeah, that's like the type of song that would really boogie uh, in the barn. Yeah, get you, you know. Yeah, here you go. Out of her head, you should hear how she talks. Ugh, that song's awesome. <laughs> Nubs, did we talk much about somebody asked a question about uh Charlie Watts and the Rolling Stones and um I think somebody wanted to know what we thought of Can't You Hear Me Knocking? Did ah, talk, listener Billy Rays, yeah. Yeah. Did we talk at all about Charlie Watts or anything? I mean, obviously drummer, you you know, I don't know if you were if you said anything about that or offered a take, but did you uh did you have any any feels on the uh, passing of uh, Charlie Watts as a, you know, rather, I guess, renowned drummer within rock history? I think we did reference it. I don't remember if it was uh, in an episode. We certainly talked about because I think it, it led to a Ringo take. Yeah, it's a big deal be, just because, you know, original founding member of the Rolling Stones and the fact that he put up with all of their nonsense for like 60 years. You know, I mean, he put up with, Keith and Mick and, you know, uh, different members coming out and some tragedy. And I mean, he he was just kind of like the stabilizing force, it seemed like. And by all accounts, seemed like a super classy, cool guy. The thing I always remember about Charlie is he just looks so sharp all the time. You know, remember, he was always like dressed really well. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. And he had a real aversion to hitting the hi-hat and the snare at the same time. He did. Why was that? I don't know. It was like a style thing. It was kind of weird. Hmm. Toph, what other concerts do you remember? I think I think this is a reference to uh, our James episode. What other concerts do you remember getting banned from by your dad, and what did you do to cause that? Nubs, did you ever get banned too? I remember the big one. Let's see if you remember. Well, I I got banned from going to Sugar, which I was very upset about. Um, I got banned during the Steppenwolf concert. Uh, we actually Steppenwolf was opening for somebody that we didn't care about, but we really wanted to go to Steppenwolf. Yeah, Magic Carpet Ride mostly and Born to Be Wild and whatever. Yeah, and I remember I like mouthed off or something before the show. We we were there like eating, and I like you know lipped off or something, and I had to stay with our dad up in the concourse while you guys went down and enjoyed Steppenwolf. That was a, that was a classic where I actually intra evening got banned from the concert <laughs> there's a big one um i'll give you a hint you ready yeah the reason you couldn't go is because you, <laughs> you got caught with let's just say some um more adult oriented uh, materials yeah uh, 
And your major punishment was not going to what was one of the really the hottest shows that was coming to the Palace of Auburn Hills. I remember the incident, of course. I don't remember the band. I'll just tell you the album that 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 was being toured was called Janet. Oh, Janet Jackson. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You missed the Janet Jackson show, which, by the way, was amazing. I'm sure it was great. I'm sure. And see that (laughs) that one didn't bother me as much as sugar. You know, it was really, yeah. really chapped my ass. That you, but I don't think you, to answer the second part, I don't think you ever got, you know, you, you concerts were too important to you. I mean, as they were to me, but you, you were able to find a way or you just pin whatever we had done on me, which I happened from time to time too. But you, you it was a usable you, strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you ever actually got banned from a show. Did you? Never got banned. I came close once. One, there was an incident uh, near the end of a summer where we were, we were with our friends and we had gone to like a big dirt pile by the high school, the local high school. And we had jumped in it and got all clothes ruined and things before we were. See, this is, these are the these are the wild things we would do. We would <laughs> yeah, we were really, really bad large kids. mounds of dirt and then we would jump into it. That was about as crazy as it got. You know? And what what was at stake and what did very temporarily get taken away was the Aerosmith get a grip show at the palace. But I was able to, I remember I wrote a note of apology. (laughs) You know, I would have been devastated to miss to to our dad. You wrote him a letter. Yeah, I wrote him a letter to apologize, kind of admitted what I had done wrong and said, uh, you know, please just don't, don't let me miss the concert. The irony of that era was I would always say, and I believed it, but it's funny looking back. I would always say, this might be the last time they come, you know, this could be the last time Aerosmith ever <laughs> comes at concert. Exactly. Because yeah. at that time, Aerosmith was considered like old. Well, in your defense, I think they were on their first, you know, farewell tour back yeah, in, that right. time in, in 1994. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So no, but it was reinstated. I was able to go see Aerosmith. I was really excited about that. Toph, have you gotten over your anger at Brett Denon? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I, I, I don't know if I will. Obviously, this is in reference to his uh, smash song, uh, See the World, which we talked about as a blatant ripoff. Actually, related to that, Nubs, you know, I know you've talked through this a couple of times, but we did have a listener ask if you could just explain in further detail why you hate the Heartbreaker so much. Which relates to Brent Denon's complete ripoff, Brent Denon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I hate the Heartbreakers because they're probably the most emotionless band I've ever heard in the way that they play. They're just very, very blah, very vanilla in their whole approach. None of them are outstanding musicians in, in, in any instrument. They really are not. And with Tom Petty's music, you need a little excitement. That's why when we saw him on the Wildflowers tour and he had that whole different band, it wasn't the Heartbreakers. It's a really exciting show because he had kind of more modern, more hip musicians with him. And then the couple of times I've seen him with the Heartbreakers, it's been dreadfully boring because the, the Heartbreakers are just that. They're just a very boring band. So Would you sort of compare it to Oasis with... Um... Alan White versus Oasis with Starkey or with um, Steve uh, White. Steve White. Is it sort of a similar like 
they just play harder and more modern and more with with more punch and the heartbreakers you feel like lack some of that punch because they're so classic and and old i guess it's exactly right i mean it's like a perfect description i mean you know everybody most people go to shows to like hear the songs and you know sing along and i'm just not that kind of music fan right because as a musician you're there to watch people play and get moved by talent and skill and, and inspiration and musicianship. And yeah, there, there's none of that with the heartbreakers. I mean, when we saw him on the wildflowers tour, Steve Ferrone was his drummer. And I mean, that is like a big old groove, like, I mean, fantastic drummer. And, um, you know, he was in the heartbreakers too, but with the other musicians, he really came out as, as better because uh, he wasn't surrounded by all those other guys. So some of it is that, you know, you, you play some of these people with new musicians too, and it brings out some of the best in them. I just think that it was a bad collection and they fed off each other in a really kind of lifeless sort of way. So yeah, I just, just not a fan at all. The heartbreakers. Part of what makes it probably a little tricky is that, you know, let's face it. I mean, Tom Petty was awesome, huge fan, but nothing he did was terribly complex. So for a backing band, you're kind of standing there playing major chords. There really weren't a lot of like guitar solos or it wasn't very dynamic. And that's part of what made Petty's music great. But I think asking a backing band to really be flashy with that kind of music, probably, you know, now somebody had a, um, it's not really a question, but more of a trivia for you. So hands up, no Googling. What is Elton John's birth name? Go. Reginald Denny. Is that right? I mean, look it up. I'm pretty sure it's right. I know it's Reginald. Isn't Reginald Denny the guy who uh, was part of the LA riots? Oh, Reg- I'm sorry. Reginald Dwight. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I get my Reginald's messed up. Reginald Denny was, and it's funny because I just heard something about Reginald Denny. He was the dude. He's the dude who got pulled out of the truck and yeah, yeah, beat up. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Reginald <laughs> Dwight. Yeah, Reginald, Reginald Denny was the guy in the LA the, riots. Like the brick hit over his yeah, head. Yeah, who got yeah. like his head bashed in. Yeah. yeah that, Reginald Dwight, I think. Reginald Dwight. Okay. Look that up. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Reginald word, Dwight is correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, the world's I mean, not full of that many Reginald D's, you know? Yeah, that's true. There's All right. Well, I mean, listen, I, I probably would have, would have said Reginald Denny too. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you and you know what, what song El- Elton John sang, right? He sang a cold, cold heart, haunting by you. He did that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an imagine, baby. You love that Just 80s Elton John. Well, I love um, Too Late for Zero, I think is like a great album. It is a great album. Yeah, Kiss the Bride. I want to kiss the bride. Yeah, I love all that <laughs> upbeat pop, you know, Elton John, Reginald Denny, you know, Reginald Denny. Yeah. All right. You get five minutes with any artist. Who is it? And what would you want to know? Five, now, five minutes. This is different than like a long form. You get five minutes. Is this dead or alive? Yeah, let's go both. Let's go both. Okay. Dead, my answer has always been and will continue to be Jimi Hendrix. Hmm. I, I just. Five love. minutes with Jimi, though. How could you even 
I mean, you you could probably not get much out of him in an hour. He'd be so like yeah. so out there, right? There'd be something enlightening though. Hmm. Go back and watch his, and I know it's longer form. It is it's a good constriction to put five minutes on, but go back and watch his conversations with Dick Cavett. Oh, amazing. Yeah. You know, I used really just so just so much soul, just so much. I don't know. He was such a you special could, guy. You could almost answer this question in an interesting way where it's somebody that you really respect and love, but that after more than five minutes might start to get on your nerves. You could, you could answer it that way too. You know, in, in that sense with somebody alive, especially right now, I'd probably say Phil Collins hmm. because I can't imagine I think an hour with Phil Collins, I might leave feeling worse about Phil Collins than I did at the beginning. Five minutes I'm sure would be great. I bet he'd be charming and nice and, all those things, but then he'd, he'd want to, you know, he'd want to move on with his life. I don't think he, mm-hmm. I don't think he would like sitting around just talking to a chap like me for an hour. So what do you got? Who's your dad? And I don't know. I probably would love to talk to Peter Steele, but, and honestly, five minutes with him would probably be good because, you know, after that, he'd probably just get bored or, you know, yeah. Just, kind of same as Phil, you know, he'd like just start being five like good minutes. He'd just start being like, why do you like my music so much? Are you stupid? What's wrong with you? You know, he's a tough guy to pick against. Um, and alive. I mean, I would love five minutes with Brett Denon, you know, maybe, in a, <laughs> yeah. maybe in a dark alley. You know what? He, he would steal someone else's conversation and copy it. And bring it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, honestly, like I would love to uh, spend some time with uh, Trey Anastasio. You know, I think he's uh, a real fascinating guy and I, I, would, I would love to know kind of what he thinks of the jam scene and the fan base, like things that he probably wouldn't say outwardly, but obviously being a very musical person and a very artistic person, I think he'd be fun to spend five minutes with, you know? Dude, everyone needs to go check out. There's this funny um splice that somebody put together which is a fish i forget which song it is a fish song with a bunch of people that are at charismatic <laughs> churches doing yeah. like the well it's like people that are doing the like that are speaking in tongues and freaking yes. out and dancing right yes and then and then you sent this to me it's hilarious and they match that up with like some fish jams right <laughs> yeah isn't it great yeah it's, so funny. it's it's very funny well, let's just, let's do a couple more. I mean, uh, you know, I think, uh, all right, see, I got a couple that came in. Here we go. This yeah. Go for it, <laughs> I think that's a good one. This good. I feel, like, I feel like I'm doing all the, you know, the, 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 ho- the leg work here. So, you know, let's go. So, uh, I think this one could spark some, uh, rather healthy debate, but the question is who is the best and worst karaoke performer amongst the three brothers? So this is referring to you and I, and then older brother Scotty, who we've mentioned. So, <laughs> who, who who are the best to worst ranked? You mean? Yes, yes. In terms of karaoke, well, I don't know if I've ever heard him do karaoke. That would probably put him as worst. Yeah, I mean, have you heard him do it? No, he's pretty serious about stuff like that. Like, I don't see him getting up and singing, you know, like a sweet Rupert Caroline. Holmes jam or anything. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think. So. I think Scotty's DQ'd. I don't know if he, I don't know if I've ever heard him actually do it. Even that one night we went out to that Christmas karaoke pub in Nashville a few years ago. And even there, I don't remember him getting up and belting it out. Did he? No, no. So then I guess it's just mano y mano, huh? I mean, it's, I think so. Yeah. We've identified the worst. Well, I mean, are we talking about who's like funnier or who's like better? 
Cause that's, those are two very different things. Like, like in other words, who's the better performance or who's the better like singer? You know, okay. I, I think if anybody, I'm the better singer, but that doesn't mean yeah. I'm the better karaoke performer. Right. I think that's, if anyone was coming to watch us do karaoke to hear good vocals, uh, that's probably not the criteria. I would say overall entertain entertainment is probably the. And we have done a few duets. We did. We've done "Girl, You Know It's True," I think, and we've done. We um, have. What else have we done? Gangsters Paradise. Gangsters Paradise. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we play those in our acoustic sets, so that's nothing. Nothing. I mean, I listen. I karaoke. Uh, we both have done quite a bit of it. Um, I think what so what I've heard. Okay, is that. You know, my Africa by Toto, my On the Wings of Love, which we mentioned earlier. Um, I, I I do a pretty good, uh, I guess that's why they call it the blues. It's kind of an early night sort of warm up. I've heard that those are unstoppable. So I don't see how um, yours could be ranked higher. But with that said, you've done some great work, too. And you get up there and, you know act like a jackass it's great i mean it's perfect so uh, you know i mean so you would you would take your guess that's why they call the blues your warm-up song over my escape pina colada song no warm-ups. no i think escape your escape's probably better than my call of the blues yeah and then my late night rebel rouser is bright side yeah, I th- I don't know how effective that would be now. I think my Africa is better than your bright side, but your escape is better than my, you know, sort of B level. So maybe it's a draw. We have a draw, a draw. And and may it be said that neither one of us hold a candle to uh, Chili, you know, the greatest karaoke performer in our circle, who uh, I think is ready for a comeback, by the way. We've seen some pretty amazing things in terms of, uh, you know, intra-group and even external group karaoke performances, you know? Okay. Here's another one. So this says, you know, you guys have talked about the lost art of the album. What are some of the criteria you look for in a good album album aside from the obvious? Uh, well, we've talked about, I mean, in the James episode, we talked about bookends. I think any record that has a really strong track one and then a, either a strong or appropriate closing track. We've talked quite a bit during past episodes about, you know, having an appropriate closing track. Doesn't need to be great. Doesn't need to set the world on fire or be a single or any of that, but it just needs to wrap the album in appropriate fashion. Right. So, I mean, I think that's key. And obviously if you're going to put, you know, in our criteria, if you're going to put a record on the turntable, you know, it's got to have a strong middle. I think what you see often is that, you know, records tend to sort of lag a little bit either, you know, end of side one or even beginning of side two in some cases. Um, so if you're able to produce a strong middle with good bookends, I mean, automatically that's going to put an album into the conversation of, you know, something that should be certainly in the collection or even on the turntable as we've, uh, as we've deemed it. But, uh, I'm sure you got, you got thoughts on that one, Nub, particularly being an, uh, a consumer of the, uh, vinyl long play. So what do you think? Yeah, no, I like the idea there of just sequence in general. We've talked so much about sequence, but the the number one thing that comes to mind is just cohesion. Cohesion between the sleeve design, the title, um, you know, the era that it comes from, certainly the music and the sequence. Everything needs to be working together as one, all of these elements. 
And that's when you have great albums, in my opinion. So it just comes down to just a cohesive effort. I think when you look at like things like Dark Side of the Moon, I mean, that album, it doesn't make sense that that album was as popular as it was. It doesn't. It's, it's, there's nothing commercial about it. But at the time, it was far and away the most cohesive top to bottom record that anyone has ever seen or heard in, in every way. You could say Sgt. Pepper Pet sounds too before it, but I mean, Dark Side had this, this special cohesion to it that, you know, wasn't matched before and, and maybe hasn't been thoroughly matched since. And that's what everyone keeps working towards. So I think that's the biggest key. I've got just a couple very quick ones to wrap up here, Nub. Uh, uh, what are you guys' favorite sports and what sports do you enjoy or teams do you enjoy that we would not expect? So I assume like what besides like football and basketball and baseball? Um, well, we both follow Romanian soccer very closely. You know, our family background, particularly on our mom's side, is Romanian in its heritage. And it's something that we've always been pretty fascinated with and, and, and enjoy as part of our sort of uh, ethnicity and, and uh, family heritage. And so uh, I think following the Romanian national team in soccer is something that we do pretty closely. As far as, you know, World Cup participation, Euro Cup participation, those type of things. Every week, every single week, I I tune into the uh, NHRA drag racing. So that's the, you know, top fuel, funny car, pro stock, um, you know, sort of where they go down the track and go from zero to 300 miles per hour on in in four seconds that that's sometimes it's on Fox. It's often on FS1, but I watch that every week. Um, so I'm very into the, uh, NHRA drag racing, you know? Um, and then I'm into, you know, I'm getting more into outdoor stuff, you know, hunting and fishing and that sort of thing. I like to do a little, do a little shooting with targets and skeet and trap. And so I've, I've certainly, um, tuned into more of those makes me feel kind of old, you know, old and rugged, but I've tuned into that stuff. It's been a good kind of learn for me the last, uh, the last few years. So those things come to mind for me. Now, you got anything you into, you watch lacrosse or, uh, <laughs> or, or cornhole or, yeah, or any no. of that stuff? No, no. I, I've watched cornhole for a few minutes. It's amazing how good those guys are so much better than I am. The, Apparently the key, I, 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 I've watched it too. The key is getting, you know how they kind of spin the bag, Yeah, getting it to land flat. It, that's like Correct. the trick apparently, but yeah. it's true. And I can't do that at all. <laughs> um, so, you know, we both follow our schools, Ohio state for me and Kansas for you. We both follow our schools. And I, what I like about us is we follow each other's schools too. I think that's a cool thing that we do. Right. And then of course, all the Detroit, professional teams, but one that would be more under the radar for me would be, I follow the Columbus crew pretty closely, the MLS team, because that team is actually formed right before I got to Columbus for my freshman year. And I went to a bunch of games there and have since just kind of stayed in touch. And there's like nobody else to really talk about it with. So I don't broadcast it a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and the crew won the MLS cup last year, which is a huge deal because yeah. the franchise had gone through some turmoil. You know, they were actually thinking about leaving Columbus for a period of time. So yeah, that was a really cool moment. So yeah, I, that's probably the under the radar thing. Of course, the Romanian soccer, Romanian uh, women's gymnastics in the Olympics, yeah, you sure. know, is, is, is cool for us. And uh, yeah, but I, I just, you know, I love sport so much. I'll pretty much watch anything. 
The Detroit Red Wings are probably the only team team that we both support at the same level because I'm not really into the other Detroit teams, whereas you are. Um, I got into the Kansas City teams in terms of um, Chiefs, Royals, that that sort of thing. But the Red Wings are the ones that we um, we can always shout together on that one for better, for worse, worse of late. Yes, uh, much worse. Dubs, care to, uh, care to give your 30 seconds on what's wrong with Ohio State football? Go ahead. <laughs> a lot at the moment. And uh, when you have a culture within your program where defense is not valued, it comes through on the field. Mm. And so this program better make a, a quick change uh, as briskly as possible to make sure that they understand that there's two sides of the football. And while one of them looks more than competent, looks outstanding. The other one is equally important when it comes to winning games and winning championships. You can't just pretend like that side doesn't exist and expect the utmost in productivity and a focus from that side. So, and that starts at the top and hopefully that will uh, change very quickly. So that that's my take on it right now too. Hard to argue with any of that. Uh, your sound quality is so good. Well, thank you. What mics do you use? And Toph, what do you use to edit? We both use Shure SM7Bs. I think you do too. Yep, you do yep, too. Yep. And uh, we route those through a cloud lifter and uh, we both actually use Scarlett uh, audio interfaces. Is there any other kind? <laughs> and um, I use, to edit the episodes, I use Logic Pro X. So there you go. Hey, see, I got one for you that I, I better ask because it came from the person that I share a uh, share walls with. Oh, Mrs. Nubs. yeah. So Mrs. Nubs wants to know, and I think this is more for you because she, you know, she hears this crap from me all the time. Yeah. But her question is, her question is, T, what are your thoughts on the K-pop factory, i.e. BTS, Red Velvet and Blackpink? Uh. I have no, I don't know any of those. So, so the K-pop thing is the thing that came, that comes from Asia. Right. And it's like a boy, is it like a boy band? Like a, like a kid, kid band type thing yes. from Asia. That's the extent of my knowledge. Um, Mrs. Nubs. I wish I knew more. I, I think I need to spend some time with, uh, with Beeks and Beeks's older sister, you know, to get to learn more about it. I, I, but I tell you, Mrs. Nubs, I will, what I'll do is between now and episode 70 uh here on two twins and a virus um i will uh, dig in on that more and and learn about it and learn about the origins and the uh sort of pop culture nature of it as well as some of the groups and i'll report back how about that that sounds good so it is a huge huge deal right now and i personally see i think it reflects just kind of the globalism that we're all living through i think that it's the same reason why the NFL wants to expand to London and the NBA markets itself so strongly to Asia. I think that everywhere is putting all of its resources behind trying to you know, reach across oceans in order to create more of a global scene. And I think that the labels, what's left of the labels in both finances and power has gone so much to trying to build this connection between the US and Asia in terms of a market. And so I think it's incredibly intentional. The music is, is completely geared towards uh, young kids who will become obsessed with it in the same way that they did with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC 
yeah. and new kids on the block before it. And, you know, yeah, I, these I, things are all very scientific. I mean, these are yes. very focus grouped and, and it, cyclical. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is all, this is all very calculated, even the music itself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Perfectly said. So, but yeah, you know, check out some of the, the tunes. They are quite infectious. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are some. I'm sure there are some. And then the last one I have, unless you had any other snubs, is a, hey, for the next round of 10, are we finally going to get that country episode? Um, I, yeah, I, I think we can commit to between now and, and our next Q&A episode 70 that if we make it that far, of course, that uh, we can drop the country album episode. I think I commit to that. Are you comfortable committing to that? I'm comfortable so long as I have a bottle of Jack Daniels within uh, reach and we'll just be uh, doing everything I can to get through that episode, including said Jack Daniels. So sure, I'm in. That shouldn't be a problem. Don't you have one right now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's grandpa's old cough medicine. It helps you get through the day. Just a little pinch, a little pinch. Uh, That's all I got. Nubs, you got any more that uh, anybody uh, submitted or, Uh, you know, listener Oleander who just sends in the greatest questions. He he sent in one from about the Rolling Stones, but we already talked about that. So (laughs) these are, these are both quick hitters. First, who was the true leader of the Grateful Dead? Jerry Garcia or Bob Weir? The true leader? Yeah. Um. Well, I think the the true leader was probably Bobby because I think he, if you, I mean, if you had to look at sort of the, the thing that, that kept it together. And I I don't think Bob Weir in any way is a rocket scientist or a merit scholar, but I think he definitely had the foresight and ability to understand, you know, that they did have a brand, uh, that they did have a um, following that was really um, intriguing from even a, a sort of business standpoint. Um, I think he knew, you know, kind of the, the audience and knew the characteristics of what they needed to accomplish when they went on tour or when they recorded or these type of things. I, I just, I kind of always felt like he was the one that albeit probably not in sort of always perfect fashion but sort of kept the thing going and kept the thing together and i think that's evidence from the fact that we continue to see it i mean dead i, I agree yeah. dead and co just played last week in detroit with john mayer and you know phil lesh is still in the group and it's i mean so and i think that i think you got to owe that to bobby i mean jerry people forget jerry you know tried to be a solo artist you know, a little bit. And he went on tour with, with his band long ago. This is like in the, like, you know, late seventies, early eighties even. And, um, Jerry's voice is certainly the grateful dad and Jerry's performance is the grateful dad. But if you're talking about the leader of the group, I think that's actually pretty easy to go with weir. Um, but you know more about the dead than I do now, but I don't know if you agree with that. It's a great analysis. I think that, you know, Bobby's the true leader because he didn't have to be the face and uh, Mm -hmm. Jerry did. Mm -hmm. Plus the last, you know, to your point, the last 30 years, that's all Bob, you know, really is. And and some of the other guys. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I love weird, you know, even with all of his, you know, just I've been going here, do, 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 you know, every, everybody. Good. 
That rules. We almost went like Michael McDonald. Yeah, I know. So yeah, so that that's a good one. Okay, and then here's another one. All right, this this is so Oleander. Who will outlive the other? Scott Stapp or Travis Meeks? Who will outlive yes. the other? Oh dear. Well, it's probably Scott Stapp because they both been on many a death pool. I would, t- I would Yeah, say. I think Scott Stapp kind of got his shit together. And I'm not sure Travis Meeks has or will, unless it's just I'm- so sad because how friggin' talented. Oh my god. I mean my those, god, brilliant Travis Those Meeks. days brilliant. of the new records, the you know, oh. green, red, yellow are so good. They're know? amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he went. He's. I think he went a little off the reservation and hasn't really yeah. come back. Yeah, I think so. Um, but no, I mean, as we talked about on the Creed episode, Scott Stapp's a little bit of a um, warm, fuzzy, happy ending kind of story with where he is now. And I think he just did a solo record, and he's. Um, I think he's clean and sober and a family man, and looks back at the time on Creed fondly. But you know. Um, takes himself less seriously than he once did and all those i, I think i think uh i guess you gotta go meeks but i don't really know a lot about what travis meeks is up to these days other than i i think he's i think he went a little nutso and we haven't seen him return to form correct yeah i think that's right i think that's right although the uh, none of them compare to the puddle of mud guy you know but uh <laughs> he, but he's still alive too i think West Scallions or whatever his name is. Yeah. 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 They're on tour. They're coming to Harpo's in Detroit. There you go. Yeah. So, so he's bounced back. I, he, he, for a while went really insane. Oh man. You know, but I think they all do at some point. Yeah. All right. Well, Nubs, you got anything else? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm good. If you're good. No, we got some exciting things coming up though. Don't we? In the next few weeks. I mean, a couple good album choices that I think people will thoroughly enjoy. And then, uh, couple other surprises. So yes, look forward maybe, to pressing on to maybe a guest or two. Yeah. But no, listen, 60 episodes. We always take these opportunities during the Q and a specials to say thanks. And we, we really appreciate you guys listening and letting us know what you think and uh, giving us uh, feedback and giving us suggestions. And, you know, we, we love that. So, so thank you. Who would have thought we'd make it to uh, 60 episodes and, you know, we're looking forward to 60 more. But in the meantime, we will be back soon next week with uh, episode 61, the Roger Maris episode. 6-1 should be a beauty. It'll be a Nubs episode from according to my calculations. So Nubs, thanks, buddy. And uh hope your, uh, you know, your COVID-26 goes away soon. My and, bout with the Rona. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and let's hope your... Uh, Buckeyes can pull their heads out of their rectums and start playing some football. Eh? Yeah. I'm looking forward to this evening. They play a, a night game. So and not a huge night game, but Hey, always look forward to watching the team, man. And where, who does, who do the Jayhawkers have this week? Oh, we just, we quit playing football. <laughs> it's basketball. season. We, we canceled the program. <laughs> no, actually we play Duke in football here in about a half hour. So I'll uh, be tuning in. Fabulous. Oh well, yeah. I'll be tuning in for probably a quarter, quarter and a half or so. We'll see. <laughs> but hey rock chalk oh and uh and thank you everybody thank you the listeners because without you there would be no two twins and a virus two twins in an album whatever you want to call it 
And we will see you soon for episode 61. Thanks for tuning in to our episode 60 Q&A. Take care. See you soon. Two twins. Well, that's about it. That's all we have. I hope it wasn't too disappointing. We will see you on tour. Until then, take it easy.